Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Suge Burry. What would happen if you say what you want to say? Hi, friends. How are you doing? Boy, I hope that you are going to listen to this show today. I want you to just settle whatever you're doing. Stop the laundry. Stop exercising. I really want you to pay attention to today's shows because it is one of the best. We have an awesome guest on with us today. Fabulous topic that's near and dear to my heart. But before we get to that, I want to introduce myself. My name is Suge Burry, and I'm the host of Him For Her Radio Women's Hot Topics, H-I-M number for her dot org. You can find us there. Click the donate button if you would, because we are a listener supported show. And who do I have here with me? I have my dear mentor and friend over all these years, Miss Bev Canaris. Bev, thanks for coming on. Hey, Suge. So glad to be here. Just to introduce myself a little bit, I'm a wife. I'm a mother, a grandmother to 10. Um, I I have been a Bible teacher for probably around 40 years now. And I mentor women now. Um, I'm not uh, teaching on a weekly basis, but I do am a regular uh, radio host, uh, guest on some other program. And I really enjoy uh, helping to train up the next generation of young women. Wow. And you were a BSF teaching leader for how many years was that? That was 30 years. 30? You know, listen. Only. (laughs) Only, Yeah, no small time, that's for sure. Well, I'm going to get right to our guest today. Um, It was Bev. I was going through kind of a tough time, and Bev introduced me to one of her books. Um, uh, It it is called When I Lay My Isaac Down, and it is written by the one and only Carol Kent. Bev, would you please introduce her to our listeners? I would love to. Uh, Carol Kent is a popular international public speaker, best known for being dynamic, and I've heard her several times. She certainly is humorous, encouraging, and biblical. I do appreciate that, Carol. She's the founder of Speak Up with Confidence, which is a communications training seminar, um, Speak Up Speaker Services, which is a speaker's bureau, Mm -hmm. and then Speak Up for Hope, which is the prison ministry. Carol is an expert on public speaking, writing, and encouraging people to hold on to hope when life's circumstances turn out differently from their dreams. Mm-hmm. Carol also um, is has written many books that are bestsellers, and she has published many articles as well. So welcome, Carol. We're so happy to have you um, with us this today. Yes, I am so blessed because today's topic is called Speak Up for Hope. Y'all know that I've been in prisons for over 20 years. You know, thank God I got to go in the front door. Should have probably been brought in through the back door. But God has blessed our ministry to be able to go in and minister women and men throughout the whole entire world. I have preached over in Africa, Kenya, Rwanda, in the worst prisons of the world. And this woman has a heart for those that are incarcerated. Speak up for hope. Thank you so much, Carol, for coming on. Would you tell us a little bit about that nonprofit that you have? What an honor it is to be on the air with you today. My heart is just so full because I know you have given such an incredible amount of your energy, your passion, and your time to prison ministries, and that's very close to my heart. 
Speak Up for Hope is a nonprofit organization that my husband and I launched very unexpectedly because we had an interruption in our lives that we were not expecting. And I think a whole lot of people can identify with living your life and everything seems to be going according to plan. You know, you have your normal ups and downs. And then all of a sudden, you get hit with something right out of the blue that you never dreamed would happen. Mm -hmm. And for us, it was a middle-of-the-night phone call. I I remember we had been on a ministry trip to St. Louis. We got home on a Sunday night. We fell into bed exhausted, and we were sound asleep, and the phone rang at 12.35 a.m. And I remember looking over at my husband. He picked up the receiver, and I saw a look of shock and horror come over his face and he pulled the receiver away from his ear and he said carol jason has just been arrested for the murder of his wife's first husband he's in the jail in Mm. orlando Mm. and uh, we have only uh, an only child our our son a naval academy graduate who had been uh, a stellar young man to raise he'd never been in trouble with the law but he had married a previously married woman with two little girls. There were issues involving abuse. And uh, our, our son realized that this man was about to get unsupervised visitation with two vulnerable little stepdaughters that he had. And uh, he pulled a trigger in a public parking lot and shot and killed this man. And we began our journey into what we call a new kind of normal. And out of our experiences of going through two and a half years of postponements of our son's trial, he was eventually convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole mm-hmm. in the state of Florida. And that is that means you have a toe tag sentence. You will never leave prison until you have a, a tag on your toe and you are dead on a slab. It's the rest of your life. And so we began to meet this whole new group of people who we never might have met under any other circumstances. And uh, I'm ashamed to admit, I didn't even think I knew somebody with an incarcerated child. Boy, was I wrong. One out of every 100 adults in the U.S. is in jail or in prison. Mm-hmm. It's a secret nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing. We want to hide it. So that's really what launched us into beginning this nonprofit called Speak Up for Hope. Carol, at the beginning, you mentioned, and Suge mentioned, too, this book that you wrote some time ago, When I Lay My Isaac Down. And you shared some very uh, the intimate, personal details of going through this process with your son and what it was to your faith, to your family, to your marriage. Um, why were you so willing to share it? Well, the, the actual arrest of our son happened in 1999, and the book on our journey came out in 2004. So I think it's really important for me to acknowledge to everyone listening right now that when a crisis hits your life, 
you go through a period of shock where you just don't even know if you're going to be able to breathe again. I actually remember being in my house saying, breathe, do the next thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a firstborn of six creatures kids. And I I sometimes uh, jokingly say that makes me bossy. That's really the truth too. But I, I can manage things and I'm a multitasker. And suddenly in the middle of a crisis of this magnitude, I felt like I could hardly keep one thought in my head at, at a time. It was, it was a feeling of being debilitated to such a low degree. There were days when I felt like I couldn't pick myself up off the floor. Mm. And uh, even after we got that phone call, I just remember nausea sweeping over me. I remember uh, just dragging myself into my office and still on the floor. I, I got a hold of the phone and I called the Orlando jail and asked about my son. And a rude voice on the other end of the line said, lady, we ain't got nobody by that name. Jason can in here. Lady, your son ain't here. And for just a moment, my hopes picked up. But as hour after hour uh, came by, the reality hit me. He hadn't been processed into the system yet. And I will be very honest and tell all of you who, who are listening to my voice right now, there was a time period where I really felt mad at God. Uh, I had lived my life to serve him. I had told him as a teenager, Lord, I will do anything for you. You want to call me to the mission field? I'll go. I want to serve you with every part of my being, and I want to spread the gospel and share biblical truth-giving principles with people who need hope. And the bottom dropped out of our lives. And I think there are times when we, not unlike David in the Bible, have to just cry out our tears and pour out our hearts and say, Lord, what you have just allowed doesn't make any sense to me at all. And we eventually come to a place where we either say, I'm just going to reject you and go my own way because I'm really ticked off at you. Or we, we come to that place of saying, Lord, even if you don't allow me to know why this happened in my lifetime, I will still choose to trust you. Mm. And it took a while. It wasn't overnight. Mm-hmm. But it fi- I finally came to that place of realizing even in this situation, we could choose to glorify God. We could choose to use what happened as a platform upon which we could make him famous. Mm, amen. So your mission hadn't changed, had it? Telling no, others no. about Christ. Mm, Carol, exactly. so powerful. Only we had an expanded audience. Because, as you know, when you wait in a prison visitation line, uh, especially in the state of Florida, where you have many people who are waiting since we have over 97,000 inmates in our state and many prisons, you often wait for over two hours, sometimes in the blazing heat and torrential rain. So you meet other families of inmates. And we were talking earlier about how Speak Up for Hope was launched we started to see the huge needs of families and the hurts in their hearts. And we would watch these little children waiting to go into the prison to visit their daddies. And my husband is a very friendly person, and he would would often talk to the kids, and he would would, uh, get us engaged in conversations with the other families. And we realized that maybe because God had given us a public 
platform for ministry, we could let people know about the needs. And we came to the, the scripture in Proverbs 31, speak up for those who cannot speak Amen. up for themselves. And we said, Lord, we'll be your voice. You just reveal to us what you want to share, and we will help to raise funds. We'll, we'll help to meet needs. We'll keep books and Bible studies flowing into the prisons for your glory. Mm-hmm. And it is an ongoing adventure to see how God continues to bring opportunity. The need is always there, as you know. Yes, it and is. And sometimes people, as you know, Shug, you know, sometimes people want to give but they want to know what they're giving to. Mm -hmm. And once they know what the need is, and you can pair them up with a cause that they know is worthy and is going to reach people for Christ, they they just say, let me help. I really want to be involved in helping. Mm. And that's exciting. And, you know, I would love to bring people in prison with me so that they can see when they see the beautiful women that I'm talking to, to the general population, that they're no different, friends, than you and I. You know, we're all one bad decision away from prison. And a lot of them have had their families forget about them or left them aside. And when you go in and you just get the love thing right and share the gospel with them, God does the rest of the work. He melts the hearts. He brings people to repentance. He gives them a second chance. And the government has already said once they are released that they have paid their penance, their time. And it's up to us. You can tell I get a little excited about this topic. It's up to (laughs) us to walk alongside them and give them jobs, give them second opportunities and mentor them to a whole new life in Christ. Friends, if you're just listening, my name is Sugbury and I am the host of the best show ever. Why? Because we got Carol Kent on with us. It's called Him for Her Radio Women's Hot Topics. And today we're talking about Speak Up for Hope. Now, your book that you wrote, When I Lay My Isaac Down, is one of how many? How many books have you written, Carol? Well, if you count the Bible studies and the devotionals, I'm at about book 26 now. Wow. Wow. Amazing. And, you know, the the fun thing is, is that not only um, are your books of very different levels, it always brings you closer to Christ when you read. I feel like I'm reading about Jesus and the Holy Spirit as it jumps off the page. When I lay my Isaac down, is that just for people who possibly have people incarcerated or can it be used for other people dealing with issues and struggles? What a good question, because that book really deals with relinquishing what we love most to the God who loves us even more than whatever represents our Isaac. And uh, sometimes our Isaac experience is an incarcerated child or spouse or friend, but sometimes it is a child who's in rebellion, and Mm -hmm. sometimes it is relinquishing uh, a a health crisis to the Lord or a financial issue, or it might deal with uh, you have a child with an extreme disability and you realize this is altering the rest of your life. And so that book is really all about acknowledging the fact that whatever we we hold tightly, we need to let go of and say, Lord, I, I simply cannot take care of this myself. I need your help. I need your intervention and your principles. And uh, Shug, I should mention that uh, When I Lay My Isaac Down just came out in paperback for the first time a couple of months ago, and now the Bible study guide is right in the book. So if people go to Amazon, they can get the book and the Bible study combined now for the first time ever at a, a lesser price than the old hardcover. So I'm very excited about that. 
but I should explain a little bit more. You know, we think about relinquishment, and we think of the Abraham Isaac story. And remember, uh, God asked Abraham to let go of his only child, to, to sacrifice him. Now, my son was no Isaac. My son had taken the life of another human being. But oh, how I identified mm. with with that father who needed to let go of what he loved. And uh, for Abraham, there was a ram in the bushes. And some of us just have to say, Lord, without knowing what you're going to do or what the resolution will be or how you will answer my prayer, whether it be in a way that I want or in another way that will bring you more glory that might not be my first choice, Mm -hmm. I give you what I have and I will let go of my firm grip. You know, it's a tough prayer to get to that point. By the time you can totally surrender, it is a tough prayer. It's a tough prayer. Can you tell us, Carol, the current status of Jason in prison right now? Yes, I sure can. Uh, In a couple of weeks, we will cross the 21-year mark of Mm. his arrest. He was just barely 25 years old at the time of his arrest. And in fact, I remember going through his things afterwards, and I I literally saw his birthday cake from his 25th birthday, still with pieces uneaten. And uh, you just can't imagine what that must have been like. And uh, Jason has been living for the Lord in a very unlikely place. He is extremely repentant. Uh, his Our feelings for the family of the deceased are, are heavy on our hearts always. There was a father, a stepmother, and a sister, and while we were planning a trial for first-degree murder, they were planning a funeral. And I want everyone who's listening to me to know that uh, Jason is so aware of the repercussions of his sin and the ripple impact and the, the negatives and the hurt and the pain that not only came to our family, to his his immediate family, but also to the, the victim's family. And uh, I have watched my son not only confess his sin and ask God for a new beginning, but I have watched him teach Bible studies in prison. Uh, he's been president of Toastmasters on the inside. They call it the gavel club. It's, yeah. And I, I chuckle because... You know, I teach the Speak Up Conference, teaching people, Christians, how to speak and write from a Christian perspective. So I figure he's a chip off the old block. Yeah, and I'm and, just going to uh, interject I'm... there uh, for a second. Friends, both both Bev and I have done the Speak Up Conference, plus read your book, uh, Speak Up With Confidence. I encourage it for anybody who opens their lips in front of other people in public. Super Okay, important. continue on, Carol. Nothing else quite <laughs> like you. that out there Thank either. You. Well, thank you for that. Anybody who would like that information can find it at speakupconference.com. But I just truly love to equip the next generation of speakers and writers. And I watch Jason working and mentoring with these men on the inside. Now, there are sad parts to this story. His wife stayed with him for six years, and uh, then she wound up moving away. And we have great compassion for her. Uh, For a young woman to lose a husband, life without parole, it's devastating. And the the public humiliation, that false shame that you tend to take on sometimes, she went through so much, and our prayers are with her. Uh, But she left our lives for the next six years. And uh, that was very heartbreaking. Those were our only grandchildren, our our only daughter-in-law. 
But the girls came back, the granddaughters, after those six years and actually lived with us for three years. Wow. Uh, oh. The older one graduated from college and now is married with two children. And the younger one is a single who works in digital technology uh, for a wonderful company. And the girls are thriving. Amen. Uh, their mom has chosen not to come back into our lives. We lead very public lives, and we understand that. We respect her privacy, and we just wish her very well. But once again, we get to the fact that we acknowledge the repercussions of Jason's sin, and he acknowledges that. Yes. But we know that God is using what has happened uh, in an incredible way within the prison system Mm -hmm. and uh, within our own ministry through books, through speaking, and that Jean and I sometimes share our story together in churches. And it has been just so encouraging to realize that the more honest and open we are, instead of judging us, people say, May I tell you our story? Yeah. And uh, sometimes we're so afraid of having people know the the hard parts of our lives. Mm -hmm. And we forget it opens doors. I had one one woman who had been in my Bible study fellowship class come up and say, Carol, I used to think you were perfect, but now I think we could be friends. Oh, well, that's a a compliment there. There you go. I must have a lot of friends because I'm far from perfect. But I love that thought, Carol. And I I do want to ask you a question. We have just a few minutes left. Um, For some of the listeners that are listening of all different places, walks of life, background, neighborhoods, um, women and men, what do you want our listeners to know about people that are incarcerated and their families that you help support through Speak Up for Hope? I want you to know that there are so many inmates who not only need your prayers, but they need your visits. Now, we are currently in the middle of a global pandemic, and that has stopped visitation. But when that opens up, I encourage you to just check with your your church staff. Find out, are there any families of inmates represented in your church? Find out if you could become either a volunteer bringing good programming and Bible teaching to a prison or a jail near you, or just get on a visitation list of an inmate. Maybe you could put a $20 bill in the, in the palm of a wife of an inmate and say, the next time you and your family go, go to the prison, the snacks you get out of the vending machine are Mm -hmm. on us. We Mm -hmm. want you to know, pray for, for your family. And most of the, the inmates I have gotten to know, are people who have made a wrong choice and many have repented and they would like a new start. Mm-hmm. And they're just like you and me, only they, they wound up making a bad choice. They got caught and they got arrested and they got convicted, but they're normal people who need us. Mm-hmm. And they, they really are benefiting when we give them our support or even when we send them a book of stamps. It means so much when they're Mm -hmm. not forgotten. Yeah. And you know, it's important too, to remember they're scared to death to walk out the door. And I know that sounds bizarre to some of you. I've met some of the toughest gang members where they have turned their life around for Christ inside a prison. And they're like, Suge, I'm afraid to go out because I don't know how to lead this new life in Christ. And so, you know, I encourage you to even go to our webpage, himforher.org, H-I-M number four dot org. We have a mentorship program. I would be more than happy 
to talk to you, your chaplain, your prison chaplain, to talk about getting a new mentorship program inside of your prison in your local state and, and area, your state and local area. And so, um, I, you know, I'm all about giving people a second chance. And you know what, ladies, you know what it is? It's getting the love thing right. And that's what God has called us to do. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have never asked him into your heart and you decide today is the day, if he can melt the hearts of inmates and the hardest people of the world, I know that he wants to melt my heart and help me to turn toward him as well. And the prayer is simple. Father, I am a sinner and I ask that you come into my life. I'm inviting you to come into my life. Forgive me for my sin and help me to start my days over brand new, fresh, in you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Let me know, friends, if you said that for the first time, himforher.org. Carol, I am so blessed to have you on our show. So blessed that you've decided to come and share your wisdom about all of the books. You can find Carol at carolkent.org. Is that correct? That's right. And Bev Canaris, thank you so much for coming on with us and co-hosting with me to my dear friend and mentor, Ladies, this is Shugbury. You know I love you. Over and out.